As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Depth Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Deb Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy because we're talking about happiness. See what I did there? I'm sorry, it's corny, but you know, I'm brand, so we're going to go with it. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Deb Method for Goal Setting Simplified. And every Monday night, I bring in friends to dive into the topic of the week, and then it magically becomes an episode of The Deb Show Podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. And like I said, today, we're talking about happiness. And, you know, it's summertime when we're recording this, and we... (laughs) I hate to use the word should, but I believe everybody deserves to be happy in some, if not all of their lives. And if you need a little bit of push to, to like happen to that happiness, do we have the show for you today? We are joined by Dave Delaney, who among other things is the host of the nice podcast, which is also on the marketing podcast network. And we also have Julie Zaruba Fountain, who is one of my innovation women friends. So really jazz to dive into the topic. But before we do that, I would love for you all to share who you are and why you are so excited to talk about happiness. Dave, welcome. Well, thank you, Deborah. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm just, uh, I'm happy because I'm here with y'all. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, the right answer. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to dig into this and, and have a chat tonight. And um, yeah, I just, that's why, that's why I'm happy. Oh, and so can you share a little bit more about you other than your uh, host of this awesome podcast? 
Um, yeah, so I am, uh, I am a keynote speaker. So I do a lot of presentations, workshops, consulting and coaching, and I teach teams how to improve the way they communicate. Um, and I do that through what I call the nice method, which is a, a framework I've developed uh, of those presentations and workshops and consults. So they all kind of fit into this nice method uh, framework. And so that's what I do. My business is called futureforth. And you can find that at futureforth.com. And of course, um, I am also at DaveDelaneySpeaks.com and the nice podcast. You will find that as well, wherever you listen to nice podcasts like this one. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's way too hokey for me to continue us down that road. So we'll, we're just going <laughs> to switch over to well, who else. And when I was filling out this panel, um, I had Matt Bailey, who's also on the marketing podcast network a couple weeks ago. And he's like, you really need to get Dave on the show. And I'm like, you are absolutely right. So marketing podcast network is full of nice people, but also people who are really interested in helping others elevate their business, their brand, their, their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Isn't yeah, that absolutely. What we're yeah, well, I mean, Jason Falls is our fearless leader and, and Mr. Falls is among the nicest people you will ever meet. So I am, uh, yeah, we're with in good company there. And then, uh, yeah, Matt's, Matt's a wonderful guy as well. And Julie is awesome, even though I've only known her for mere minutes, but she <laughs> is awesome so far. So th there we go. Okay. So as our arms are getting tired from patting ourselves on the back, Julie, <laughs> Yeah, Hello. great. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, everyone. And thanks for that intro, Dave. I appreciate that. You really are nice. It <laughs> felt pretty special. Um, so thanks, Deborah, for having me on the show. And I, I too, am happy to be here. And the happiness topic is something that's really special to me as a well-being specialist and someone that works with individuals and organizations that are transforming and overcoming barriers. The topic of happiness is often a part of that conversation. So it matters to me because I was really encouraged when I found out that I could influence my own level of happiness, that I didn't have to stay stuck in these cycles of striving that I found myself in, always pushing towards my next goal and then actually never feeling satisfied once I met that goal. So the high that I felt after um, graduating graduate school for um, example, or for getting my MBA, um, were things that I thought would bring me a little happiness. But in the end, I still felt unsatisfied and then just quickly moved on to my next goal. And when I learned that I could change my mindset after completing a course in positive psychology, it was really freeing. And it honestly, it changed my life. And so I just want to spread this message so that others can learn this information and that they can act too. So it's not easy to change your mindset and your behaviors, but if you work on it little by little, you will start to see the progress. And so I'm happy to be here to talk about ways that we can do that. Excellent. And it, I, and I believe I was saying this before we went live, it's... It, I don't want to say that happiness is a choice, but your life is your choice. And if mm, it is not mm -hmm. fulfilling, you don't have to make big changes. You can make little changes, but there are things that you can do to embrace the good in your life and a hope that it overshadows 
Yeah, absolutely, yeah, Deborah. Nice. That really reminds me of, in positive psychology, the concept of the happiness equation, which talks about what makes up happiness. <laughs> so it's an equation that researchers have developed that 40% of your levels of happiness are determined by your behaviors. So 10% is life circumstances, 10 to 20% is life circumstances, about 50% is genetics. And then you have that whole, whole other side, which is behavior. So it is pretty inspiring when you think about that way. And you just answered my next question, which is what is happiness? So thank you. And Dave, yeah. how do you define happiness? Yeah, I think happiness is when you feel a sense of fulfillment and a sense of satisfaction and uh, overall just feel positive. And that could be in a moment. It could be for minutes. It could be for an hour. Maybe you have a really fantastic day and everything goes swimmingly. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's these moments that, that take place some longer than others that, um, leave a feel a feeling of positivity, but I also think, without recognizing it, you may be missing out. So I think a big part of it too is also self knowledge and self love and self care and and making sure that you're tapping into yourself so you can actually recognize when you are happy and also when you're not. So you can make the changes as you mentioned. Um, you can start to make changes to to shift your life in in a more positive way. So. I the self awareness piece I think it cannot be overstated because we know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know when we're happy, we know when we're fulfilled, we know when we're miserable. And sometimes we can't change a lot. But and this is why I'm a huge fan of those two minute dance breaks because I think nothing shifts your your brain, your attitude, your life, like like turning on some music or even the music in your head and just like getting at you know what I mean so a huge I, fan. I, I would probably hurt anybody around me trying to dance <laughs> so including myself well we're on zoom I think not zoom we're on Streamyard. I think we're all safe today we are safe yes we are safe excellent, excellent. Um, but yeah Julie do you have anything else to add to that definition of happiness I love the equation I'll be sure to put that in the the notes as well yeah, really. So sometimes when I'm talking with folks, especially in the business world, um, they think that there's not really a place for happiness. Like happiness is just fluff. It doesn't really matter. Life isn't necessarily about being happy. It's about working hard. It's about serving your family. It's about serving others. But when it comes to happiness, it's all about how you define it. So mm-hmm. My definition of happiness is the feeling you have when reaching your full potential. And that goes back to the ancient Greeks definition of happiness about flourishing, like Martin Segelman says, and work isn't the opposite of happiness. And that sometimes can get confused when you talk about happiness and what it means. So first, when you define happiness, you have to define it for what it means to yourself. And for me and a lot of us psychologists, it means that feeling you have when you are fulfilling your life's purpose. And that sometimes involves work. Mm-hmm. Dave, do you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I would say also you're talking about work and organizations and mm-hmm. a lot of what I do with the nice method, when a company hires me to do a workshop or to do 
a presentation or some training, the goal is really to lead happier, more connected team members and have a happier, more inclusive, better community, like proving the communication in the workplace because a lot is at stake. And what happens is uh, mm-hmm. Sherm did a study and when somebody quits, it costs between six to nine uh, months of that person's salary to replace that person after they quit. So um, my website, my business is futureforth.com. And I only mention that because we built a calculator there. You can actually put in a salary or your own. Uh, there's no email gate or anything, but you can put it in and actually see how much it will cost to replace that person. Um, I also built that because I don't do math well. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I, I, I memorized like a $60,000 employee costs roughly thirty to 45000 to replace. And what happens when one person leaves, especially if they're a popular team member, is something called turnover contagion. And that occurs, mm-hmm. I believe I first heard it from Adam Grant, who's an organizational psychologist, but um, and also wrote a book called Think Again, which I highly recommend people. Really good before Thanksgiving, by the way, uh, <laughs> uh, for those awkward conversations. Um, but the <laughs> wait, wait, it's of, think, wait, it's think again or think again? Think again. Okay, good. You, yeah. you mentioned he has a couple of good books. Yeah, Rethinking to the Rethinking yeah. podcast, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's a great book, but. Yeah, so he but he calls it turnover contagion. So what happens is, you know, you can do the math. If one person's unhappy and they end up quitting, and other people see that person quit and decide, you know what, I'm going to quit too, and they start leaving, then you've got a real problem on your hands. It, much more, and it's costly, and it's stressful, and it just kills your culture. And so, if you can lead team members like a happier, more inclusive workplace, and this is what I do with a nice method. Um, then this will lead to more connected people, happier team members, and it will save you a ton of money on the side. One of the presentations I do or one of my spins on the Deb method is keep, which is keep employees engaged and productive. So this is, mm-hmm. you know, let, allow me to get on my, my goal soapbox real quickly is people's goals change. But when, when the team leaders and the boss knows the goals of their people, then they can work together to make sure everybody's fulfilled and happy. The the Mm. disconnect I feel is they're not asking, which is fine. That's, you know, what people like you and I, people like we all are there for, right. Is to be there to be, be champions, kumbaya, not kumbaya, but bring the company together because you're there for purpose. And in the same way, they've got the uh, contagion when employee leaves I think the same thing happens when you have unhappy employees that bring the entire culture down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. absolutely. Well, and also, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a question of communication, right? So everything I do, and it took me years to realize this from podcasting and writing and consulting and coaching and public speaking and presentations and all that stuff, it all comes to communication. And really mm-hmm. to your point, like if you're not communicating the up-to-date goals across your organization and your team members aren't communicating clearly, they don't know what they're doing, then uh, yeah, you're, you're destined for problems. Mm-hmm. No, and no one wants that. Okay. So we have a question for you, Dave, from, uh, from Eugene in our live <laughs> audience. Replacement costs of an employee heavily depend on the industry the person's in and their specialty. Would you be willing to explain how you generalize just a salary since not everyone leaves a company because they're unhappy. 
Hmm. Um, well, I mean, why somebody leaves won't affect the won't affect that calculation or that statistic. The statistic is from the Society for Human Resources Management. They did a study, so that's SHRM, and they're kind of an authority in in HR. So they did the study. So I'm just quoting what their results were. But you're absolutely right, Eugene, based on the industry. So, for example, if you run a tech company, and I've done a lot of work with tech companies over the years, and you have sought after, you know, engineers who, uh, you know, the same thing, who are leaving, um, then that's going to be more costly, right? Because they're harder to find. Um, so you have a supply uh, problem there as well. So that's why it's so important to, to lead a, a happy organization where everybody's communicating clearly. Uh, I, I hope I answered your, your question there correctly. <laughs> I, I liked it. What do you think, Julie? I think so. I think that's why you have the spread of six, is it six to nine months, if I heard that correctly? Cause six to nine months. Will, yeah. So that sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's nine months, and there's a the flexibility in that. I, I yeah. think the other area that we're, we're delving into is the whole quality of life thing. Mm-hmm. Because there, get, there gets to be a point where you know, and this I think is true whether you do work from home or you go to the office. People can feel if there is balance, if there is that that sort of uh, strain. Because I think we've all worked. Well, I have worked in companies where there are people who are just unhappy and unwilling to to articulate it, and mm-hmm. also unwilling to leave. So. Mm-hmm. Or in this workplace where maybe there are, there's an anchor or two. So how can leaders, um, I don't want to say nudge people to happiness, but but deal with, with that sort of energy suck? Mm-hmm. Well, I think when I when thinking about the different models that we all bring to the table, which is wonderful, I love hearing about, Dave, your, your nice um, method, and then Deb with your goal setting, uh, and then what I have is empower possible. So empower possible is the three empowerments of self, social networks, and systems awareness. And all three of those things, we start with the self, that's the first empowerment. And you talk about communication. So what's your communication style, for example, and then social networks is our colleagues and coworkers, but then we have those systems. And that's really where the vision comes in from the leaders and they can influence that culture. So the visible systems, our policies, our procedures, but then also the invisible systems. Um, how often are people responding to email? Are they on vacation, but they're still checking in? Things like that. Are there employee resource, resource groups? Are different identities valued? All of those invisible things that are going to contribute to our happiness. But then, as you mentioned, our fulfillment at work and ultimately our satisfaction with life, our quality of life. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave, did we get you to define nice? Um, in my opinion, nice is uh, like as for, as it pertains to the nice method. It's really it's getting back to what what I've already mentioned, really, which is about it's about being an effective leader, communicating clearly, and that everybody kind of getting along. Now, I'm not talking about like there's always pro- I mean, not always, hopefully, but there are problems at work that take place. Um, you know, we, nobody has a perfect day, um, as much as we strive for it and we, and we hope for, hope for that, but it's how you handle it and it's how you correct problems before they're, uh, before they're problems. So, so really the nice method 
it's a framework really comes down to three sections and it's all on future fourth if you're if you're curious but it's really about um it's about active listening so it's about hearing your team that's one section of it another section is about life outside the walls so that means um bringing your team together to build relationships among them uh, often in, in ways around tapping into philanthropy, for example, like ways that you can, it's not specifically work, but more work friends get coming together and helping local causes, helping people in your community. And by doing that, you know, they're building a rapport with one another while you're also giving back. So that's part of the example of life outside the walls and then avoiding the wrecks and avoiding the wrecks means really two main things. One focusing on correcting poor communication, communication breakdowns. Um, the other part of it is uh, is dealing with fear um, of management, fear of leaders, fear of the owners. Um, and that's a huge thing. Um, I have a presentation I do, one of my nice method keynotes called Radical Retention. And in that talk, I talk about this. And what's fascinating is afterwards, every time, um, I get a line of people who want to talk to me after I've come off the stage and we chat. And every time there are a group of people who who each individually complain about a manager that they hated, a manager they were scared of, or just that ruined everything. Um, they name names. I don't ask for them. They name the brands. <laughs> I don't ask for them. Um, but you can just go on Glassdoor or Indeed or somewhere like that and look them up if you like. Um, so what happens here is is the legacy uh, lasts that these so you know the way you treat people as a manager as a leader even with your colleagues um, that's another key point of that talk um, of that presentation um, I begin with a, a story I won't get into all the weeds on it now but the 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 essence of it is that everybody is a leader because everybody mm-hmm. influences someone. And so even if you don't manage anyone at work, you do work with colleagues and the way you treat them and the way they treat you uh, impacts a lot around culture, Mm -hmm. communication and retention. And I think this kind of ties back to happiness, because when you're happy, you do treat people nicer. You treat Mm -hmm. yourself nicer, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But I think. And this is one of the things that I do with Deb. So it's determine your mission, explore your options, brainstorm your path. When you know the foundation of your goals, then you build everything from there. So when you know who you are and what you're about, you can tap into those things that bring you joy, fulfillment, and then bring that, whether it is to your day job or within your day job, right? Mm -hmm. But it starts with you. And I think it goes beyond. Oh, sorry, Dave. Uh, No, no, go ahead, Julie. Thank you. It goes beyond our work lives too, because you are more than your one work life identity. You talk about Dave, your leader in different ways. What immediately popped into my head is thinking about, well, maybe I'm not a manager. I don't have the leader title, but when I go home, I have a family of four that I'm taking care of. I have pets, I have plants, I have um, a volunteer organization that I sit on the board of. I um, I'm a member of my local political campaign team, things like that. There's different roles that we all play throughout our lives. And that's why it's really important to 
Deb and Dave have both mentioned, um, mentioned this to really examine how you show up in each area because there may be a lesson you can learn. Like if you're showing up in one area and you know how to communicate and you're um, you feel a lot of joy and happiness, how can you translate that into other areas of your life? And is that kind of a well-rounded life looking at each yeah. area and seeing the joy that you can bring to each area? Yeah, I actually developed a new keynote. It's actually a pretty new presentation um, called More Than a Tree, uh, mm. Reaching Your Roots, Standing Tall, and Branching Out. And it's a little different than my normal. A lot of my presentations are more geared for corporate crowds, you know, uh, associations, executives, and things. This one's a little more on the motivational side and more on an individual side, um, even though there's takeaways from the others. Um, but the three key takeaways from it, and it's it really, I'm bringing it up because you both have talked about this, you know, in different ways. But the first is to know yourself. The second mm -hmm. is to respect yourself. And the third is to find your, find the others, find your people, uh, find your community. And um, so this starts with a very personal story that I, I won't get into here. But, um, but those takeaways are for anyone who, uh, who comes away with it. And I give them tools and tactics to do that. Okay, so now we need to know the personal story. The personal story is at 50, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, uh. And so that was this year. And uh, it was a huge revelation and one that uh, was not a surprise uh, at mm. all. <laughs> um, but it's, a, so the point of it is, you know, without, without knowing yourself. So I talk about sort of my backstory and how, what led me to the diagnosis and things like that. But um, it actually, it led me to another podcast uh, uh, and a website that I built because ADHD. Uh, <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I do. So um, I just started a new podcast called Wise Squirrels. Um, so oh, okay. wisesquirrels.com. <laughs> you can check it out. Um, and there's an assessment there if you like to check it out, but talk to your doctor. Hmm. Is that the one that you were alluding to on our last marketing podcast network call? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I just had, uh, I just had Peter Shankman, who's kind of an outspoken entrepreneur that I think a lot of, a lot of your listeners or viewers will be, will maybe be familiar with, but uh, he's sort of a very successful serial entrepreneur, but Peter's also been very outspoken about his ADHD. He just wrote a children's book as well about it. Um and so I had him on the first uh, first episode. So, um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been really uh, really wild. Like it's been a really cool experience of meeting tons of incredible pro uh, medical professionals for the podcast and ADHD subject matter experts and things. So it's been it's been really fascinating. Um, yeah, it's 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 nice. I like it. it makes me well, happy. It, 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 well. <laughs> And it really proves, right? When you're doing, first of all, when you do things that benefit yourself, um, most of the time when you share that, it's going to benefit others. Um, mm -hmm. I have to share two things. Peter Shankman and I share a birthday. And nice. I met him years ago. He was visiting LA. And this is back when he still owned Help a Reporter. So mm -hmm. we're talking, what, it's got to be like 15 years ago, which feels yeah. like 50 because of, you know. COVID and time and muck and whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's, 
I he's also a really good example of someone who just keeps uh, pivoting, for for lack of a better word, and mm-hmm. figuring out what's next that works with him. So I love that a a he's I think the perfect first guest for that type of podcast. But again, you taking your life, your experience, and re again, I don't want to say repackaging, but reframing it to help people because mm-hmm. of your own experiences. Mm-hmm. Julie, you keep looking like you want to talk, but I, I, I'll step back now. Go. Yeah, thanks. I, I was just going to say what popped in my head is uh, that uh, authenticity. When we show up in the world as our authentic self, which can be extremely vulnerable and feel very scary and all of the fear can come forward. But when we're able to, to do that and empower ourselves in different ways and rely on our social networks and see those systems that can support you, it really shows that you might not be thinking as you're doing this, oh, this is going to make me happy, but then you feel that sense of satisfaction. And so really that's why happiness is, is a journey that changes. And you can have the best job in the world. You can have seemingly the best of everything, but if you can't find that meaning in it, you're not going to enjoy it. And that's true for all of us and all of our positions and all of our identities. That's why that striving, if you don't understand that true meaning behind whatever you're doing, yeah, it's going to be a, that hamster wheel that's just going to keep running on it. Absolutely, Julia. Yeah, I know you're spot on about that. And I'm sure there's something in there about the dopamine hits that uh, that we all receive, but certainly ADHDers uh, crave. And, and uh, you know, as we talk about it, I've always been very open, very transparent. Uh, Peter has as well online. And I think, you know, as an early adopter in social media and blogging, web blogging, BBSing, if I'm really going to date myself, uh, <laughs> Uh, and podcasting too. I'm, I'm almost at 20 years podcasting, which wow. is 18 years, which is insane to me. Um, but I think part of part of it, you know, a lot of what's happening now in my head is thinking back at different things about myself and how the ADHD just plays a role in it. And so mm-hmm. the dopamine one receives from interactions and comments and, you know, emails, any sort of responses um, are, are, you know, just, just wonderful. And so I think that in part maybe helps to account for my transparency in, in my life. But I also, yeah. I've also, I've always just kind of wanted to inspire people, um, in, in the presentations and the training that I do and just in the content that I produce. So. Well, I, I think that's also something the three of us have in common is we all talk, we motivate, we help, we inspire because what is the purpose of going on these journeys if we're not going to share the information and to help people lead mm-hmm. better lives? And yeah. the, the other the other part is even our lives evolve and change. So it, it's um well so I talk about the Deb method, which is, you know, my system for goal setting simplified and my new out of the box thing is cooking for productivity. So I am a reformed non cook and I used to think cooking took too much time and energy. Um, and then I realized it could actually make you more productive. So for me and all my light bulbs and then using Deb method to really put cooking for productivity out there. We, 
I think we are at our best when we use the tools that we develop for others, for ourselves, but also to better get our messages out there. And now we're hungry. You're welcome. (laughs) Imagine this. My other podcast is Taste Buzz with Deb. I always make sure I eat before I do the interviews and I'm still always hungry. (laughs) Like salivating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that shows up. Yeah. Julie, and then we'll go back. Thank you. I think, and that shows the. You mentioned where you highlighted that goals can change. That shows being open to those changes because sometimes it can be. I think we, as entrepreneurs, um, I'm not naturally a risk taker, but I as a part-time entrepreneur, I've learned to lean into some of those risks. So we might have less. Um, aversion to some of those things. Whereas for other people, if they've been doing like your podcast, you mentioned, Dave, you've been doing for 20 years. If that were to suddenly shift and change, a lot of people would be really intimidated about that. But recognizing that mindset of a change isn't failure. It's a learning experience. It's a growing experience. And that's really where the mindset of happiness, how you define happiness can come to be and recognizing that those changes aren't, aren't bad. And if we've taken nothing away from the past couple of years, it's knowing that things can change very quickly throughout the globe and we don't have any control over that. Hmm. We only have control over the way that we embrace Change. And we think about it, yeah, how we improve, how we perceive it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Dave, you were going to jump in? Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. Rewind, rewind, Sorry, Dave, rewind. I stole your thunder. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're, you're way better than I am on this. Well, well life is about choices, uh, which I think we mentioned at the top, and it's choosing what what influences you're going to bring into your life, what projects you're going to dive into, how you are going to spend your time and energy. So mm-hmm. uh, let's go back to happiness. What are some things people can do to tap into? And, and it sounds really strange. Ah, just be happy. You can never say that. But what are some things people can do to tap into that that sense of happiness, authenticity, fulfillment? Dave? Mm-hmm. I think the, there's a loneliness epidemic uh, taking place, if you haven't heard. And I think a lot of people are experiencing this and feeling it. And so I think addressing that and finding community, number three, and that and the takeaways, as I mentioned in, the, in that presentation I'm doing, um, you, yeah, it's so important to, to find, find the others, find, find a community. And whether that means going on like meetup.com and finding local events or Eventbrite to find the other things taking place or even facebook.com slash events where you could see events that your friends are attending. Um, you know, those are just some ways, but I think knowing yourself, as I mentioned, uh, as part of that. So knowing, like for me personally, I, I like hiking. So, so finding a group of people that like to hike uh, is an important thing. And there's often local hiking groups and things like that. So I think, uh, I think one way to to address um, happiness or to to feel happier is to connect with other people. And there's a great book uh, called Blue Zones, um, uh, which is a a great book. I think Dan Dan Butner. Uh, I taught a college Buechner. course all about that. Actually, oh, there you go. So you can you can speak to it. But yes. Like a big part, 
Well, you, yeah, go ahead and explain it. I I have to add one thing. Um, Dave and Julie just met before we went on. So the fact that there are so many parallels is just like, it is kind of blowing my mind yeah, yeah. too. Like Dave, yeah, we yeah. need to uh, we need to chat after this. I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. T- t- but tell tell us about the, the yeah the book. I mean, one of one sure. of the, the core things is the social circles. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Dan Butner uh, was recruited by National Geographic to study areas of the world where people live to be over 100 years old in greater amounts than other areas, and so he came out with these principles that were part of the secret to longevity and it's eating whole foods. Deb, you mentioned (laughs) cooking. So eating whole foods, there's there's these diets that are, have similar things in each of these different uh, blue zones across the world. Social connection is another one that Dave mentioned. Um, In Japan, the finding your mission um, is central to that. So personal mission and, either um, honoring your ancestry or, or prayer and reflection, physical activity. Mm. So walking up the hills of, in Italy uh, to gather your goats and things like that. And the, these places that really have stripped down their world um, to the essentials of, of well-being. And his book talks into, okay, so we're not all going to be goat farmers in Italy. So what does that mean for people that aren't, in that circumstance and how to, how to draw that out. Um, so thinking about global and cultural health and what we can learn from other societies and how to incorporate the best of, of all of those worlds into our American westernized lifestyle is um, basically his Dan Buner's goal. And also I, I will add that if anybody's interested, I'm happy to go walk up a hill in Italy with you, yeah. uh, just reach out and uh, yeah, let's get do it. Same, same. But what happens yeah, when you see the squirrels? <laughs> you're wise. That's that's the beauty of uh, learning about this stuff when you're when you're a little older. Yeah. Okay. Then. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, I, yeah, you're yeah, you're spot on, Julie. Like I think, yeah, that's a great. It's a great book. It's definitely something worth worth looking at and, and exploring for, for yourselves because yeah, I think it's an important thing. Okay. So now we need, you guys went from not knowing each other to going on a field trip to Italy to walk. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Sign me up. I love hiking too. I live in Duluth, Minnesota. My goal, I, I enjoy that. So we'd ha- we have that in common as well. I'll climb the mountains. <laughs> Except I'm in Nashville. So I get like eight months of hiking and you get like one with winter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also I'm also Canadian, so I speak uh I speak from the heart with uh winter. Stupid yes. winter. But you got snowshoes. I was gonna say I love snowshoeing and skiing, so um I yeah. can't yeah, 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 yeah. winter. Nah. And and I grew up in the Midwest, the Chicago suburbs, so and now I'm in LA. So whenever I complain about the weather, whether it's too hot or too cold, I say I, I survived growing up in the Midwest. I live through both. I could say whatever I want now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So what what is your happy place? Mm. Julie? Well, I have the fortunate opportunity. So I love all the four seasons. So I'm very happy living in Duluth, Minnesota. And my happy place is the there's a place 
where I live, Brighton Beach is a rock beach. It's not a sand beach, but the waves crash, the waves of Lake Superior crash. And if you look east, you'll see the sunrise off the lake and just being there. Um, and bonus, if I'm there with my family or friends uh, to observe the sunrise is one of the happiest places for me. Ah, that's sweet. Yeah, that's. I like yeah. that one. Dave, your turn. Yeah, um, traveling anywhere uh, with my family um, when we, yeah, I mean, we, so my wife and I met, I'm from Canada, as I mentioned, I'm from Toronto, and she's from Tennessee, which is why we live in Tennessee, because she did six winters, and she was like, yeah, it's enough of that. Um, But my wife and I met (laughs) Ireland, and we lived in Ireland Mm -hmm. for a couple of years, and we lived in Scotland, and, and then we lived in Prague for a short time, and Italy for a little time. And so we, we bummed around Europe for a number of years. And, um, and since then, and being grownups now, we've had the, the great, the great times of, of taking our kids and showing them mm-hmm. they're both 13 and 17 now, Irish twins, uh, which we should, we should have seen coming. Um, and uh, so, but we brought them, you know, so now they've been to like Italy and Spain and mm-hmm. Iceland and Scotland and, places so um so traveling with my family is my happiest place yeah and I think you can learn a lot about mindset and happiness when it comes to traveling because if you Mm -hmm. try to control everything when you travel I love to travel too it click it quickly goes south because you know there's going to be something that a reservation gets lost your plane gets delayed your car breaks down you hit some animal, <laughs> you know, things happen. And if you yeah. have the mindset that the trip is ruined, if everything doesn't go exactly to plan, your trip's over before it even begins. So yeah, you had a, the, I like that analogy of, uh, I, I think your Minnesota mindset. is showing. <laughs> Can you hear the accent? No, I was going to say, if you hit an animal, that's how oh, you're oh, sure. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it happens. Not a lot of, not a lot of animals running across the 405 there, Deb. <laughs> the ones in cars. <laughs> the ones in cars. Yeah, it's pretty common in the Northwoods. So yes, mm, yeah. I, I, th- I think before the animal activists get us, we should probably turn the let's let's veer left turns. Sure. What inhibiting was the last conversation? So let's pivot back to happiness. So mm-hmm. those people. And and I really appreciate, Dave, you mentioning the loneliness epidemic because mm. it is a real thing. And that's probably why I keep uh, bowling back whenever I say everybody needs to be happy because that's not, that's not realistic for everybody to be happy all the time. However, if you seek more happiness, I love find community, assess yourself. But what are some other tips for people to really tap into having a happier life? Dave? For me personally, it's, um, well, it's a couple of things. First of all, it's wrong to just crave happiness all the time. Um, because if you're happy all the time, then you don't know what the opposite is. And therefore you don't know what happy is. Right. So in, when you have those down times, it's about perspective. It's about pause. It's about breathing. Um, in 2020, I, I started a, a mindfulness meditation practice that I do every day. Um, and that really did help me um, through 
you know, I mean, 2020 sucked for everybody. Um, uh, you know, for all the, all the reasons we're familiar, add on a tornado that destroyed our kid's school. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then another storm three months later that, uh, that put 10 holes in our roof and we lost our house for three months. Well, so in addition to all of that, those things were happening for us as well. So it was just, it sucked. And so I made some changes and some of those changes included, um, focusing, like taking, I dabbled with meditation, but taking it seriously and really going all in. And that has really paid off, uh, taking breaks of social media, uh, you know, and, and, and news and doom scrolling the news, um, you know, that, uh, also really did help, um, and quitting drinking. I quit drinking in 2020. So I haven't had a drink in like three years. Um, all these things combined just help to, and, and slow, slow me down enough to reflect on, on things and really the perspective I'll, I'll get, I'll sh share a very quick anecdote here. Um, which is actually part of this uh, part of this presentation, uh, the stories in the presentation. But the short version is that I was walking through a park, uh, a state park here, um, and was feeling kind of down and, and bummed. Um, I was by myself, and I was seeing all these kids and their parents, and I was kind of sad because my kids didn't want to come hiking with me and in the woods anymore because they're not little anymore. And um, so for a moment, I was feeling kind of bummed. And then I decided like, no, like, no, what I should be doing is actually feeling happy for these other parents who are running around mm -hmm. with their kids and having a good time. I should also be feeling happy because I brought my kids in the woods. I, I feel I had a right to feel negative or feel bad if I never did that, if I neglected that, but I didn't. So I had those positive memories. And so I ended up slowing down enough. I wrote a blog post about this too on my blog, but about the perspective, about focusing on, on perspective and pause and, and kind of reframing things. And I think that will lead to feelings of happiness as well. That's a really great example. End of sentence. Because it's, it's about um, taking that moment the breathing and the reflecting, but also sometimes as much as I love my two minute dance breaks, I also love my two minute breaks of frustration. Mm -hmm. So if, if your life is, is out of your control, which is a lot. And sometimes you just can't help it, but to take those two minutes and be like frustrated. And then when the two minutes are up, okay, is back to back to life, back to being productive, back to the positive Rosie perspective that, that life life gets to be better if you give it the chance, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a happiness mindset isn't isn't about um, ignoring negative events. Like that is going to be a part of your life. So uh, another concept in positive psychology talks about the positivity ratio, having five to seven positive events per one negative, and you have the numerator and the denominator, right? And the denominator is not zero because there will never be zero negatives. And in fact, um, oftentimes we can learn a lot from those negative experiences. So it is a happiness mindset isn't always about denying yourself those feelings. You can be frustrated. You can be angry. We, you need to experience all of those feelings and mindfulness with that happiness mindset is about 
being in the present moment. It's not about shifting how you're feeling. It's about raising awareness to what you are feeling and Mm -hmm. embracing it and acknowledging it and not, you don't have to let it control you and damage and ruin your day, but you, you shouldn't shove it aside because that's when the problems really start to build up. So recognizing it and and naming it is a really powerful way to improve your happiness. Now, is that the positivity ratio or the happiness ratio? That the uh, five to seven is called the positivity ratio. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good one. This is yeah. this is really. There's just so much good. <laughs> It's happiness, of course, but not just fluffy happiness stuff, but I really love how in-depth we've been able to go about a topic, which one of you mentioned at the top, it could be seen as fluffy. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with fluffy. Fluffy is good because the fluffy, as you said, it kind of balances out the difficult times or even those memories, the remembrances mm-hmm. of the better things real uh, helps you to realize that there can be good, the, the good's coming. Mm-hmm. And I have a happiness tip too, that also you could make into a Deb goal. Cause I know you love your Deb goals. So I'm going to share a Deb goal. Well, actually, um, I, again, oh, you're answering next? the, you're answering the question before I asked it, but oh. this is really the point in the conversation where I ask you to gift a goal oh, to great. those who are either watching or listening. What is something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to bring more happiness into their lives or identify happiness, you know, something on that, a happiness theme. So Julie, what is your goal? Great. Uh, First, I do want to acknowledge that there are many of us that have limited choices. We can't choose where we live. We can't choose our external surroundings. So that's not to limit um, those things. That's to really recognize that even in those limited choices, you can find little glimpses of things that you can change. So my happiness goal is related to that. And that's starting a gratitude journal. So this tip is a combination of a lot of different people, but I follow Brene Brown and uh, she studies shame and vulnerability, but she, she also, as part of that, talks about joy and thinking about joy of being the most vulnerable emotions because many people they start to kind of play out the worst in their minds when they're confronted with feelings of pure joy, thinking like, when is the shoe going to drop? Like life is good right now. When is the next bad thing going to happen? And that they don't allow themselves to really um, savor the moment because they're worried about the next thing that's going to happen, the next tragedy that's going to occur. And one way to overcome that and to develop a happiness mindset, a positivity mindset, an optimistic view of life is to really practice gratitude. And so uh, my suggestion based off of um, behavioral techniques and research would be at least three times uh, or at least three items for at least three weeks. Think of not only what you're grateful for, but think about why you're grateful for it and what your life would be like without it. And that allows, typically allows you enough time to savor that thing that you're grateful for. And it doesn't need to be big things. It doesn't need to be a trip to Italy, but it could be a walk in the woods with your partner. It could be 
avoiding LA traffic. <laughs> it could be listening to a great podcast while you are in traffic. <laughs> um, there's so many things that you can be grateful for throughout the day um, that that can be a great start into shifting that mindset. Mm-hmm. You, you've tripped over one of my favorite things. So I am, I am completely with you on it. I, I love the example of the wind journal, Mm. but it's the same. It's just a different language, but to think about all of the good things, but I love that you added that, that layer Mm -hmm. of why you're grateful and what life would be like without it, because it really does help you to center. Yeah, absolutely. So Dave, your turn. What goal would you like to gift? Um, there's a couple things. Um, the first, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll keep them short. The first is, um, to getting back to focusing on the present is, um, is not to focus when, when you think too much of the past, it can lead to depression. And when you think too much of the future, it can lead to anxiety. Um, so when you, when you're focused on the present, um, that, that's your sweet spot right there. That's the the happiest spot. So um, it doesn't mean you can't reflect on the past, of course, and it doesn't mean that you can't plan for the future. But just don't don't dwell on the two and, and try to focus more uh, on the present. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Getting back to um, there's uh, there I've been thinking of a couple of things as far as like setting goals. Um, one thing I'll recommend you do. Um, depending, um, I'm a nerd, so I like technology. So I use a Google Sheet, and it's my homepage in Chrome. And I call it, I have three MITs, so the most important things. And so every day, I've got MIT 1, MIT 2, MIT 3. And the night before the next day, so now, I would add um, the three most important things to do tomorrow. And I color those cells dark red, like blood red. Um and then tomorrow, when I start working on them, I, I, I carry them down, but I change the color to orange or yellow. Um, and then once I finish it, I turn it green. Mm. Um, if I don't get started on that thing, it's red all the way down until I get started and it becomes green when I get it done. And so I just have a simple sh- a sheet. I do have some tick boxes on the side, um, things like meditating daily, writing daily, walking my dog. Um, that kind of thing. So, uh, so you can add, you know, little tick boxes if you like, but just those three simple things. It's a nice way to look, look at the week and see and not beat yourself up over all the red, but I think it also helps to keep you focused and keep you on task to say, Oh crap, I got to get that thing done or at least get it started. Okay. The thing that I love most, <laughs> both of you, goals after my own heart, for sure. But the thing, the thing that I love the most, well, in addition to the fact that it's your homepage, because you need to look at your goals, because if you don't, you, you're not keeping them top of mind. But the fact that you turn them green as accomplishments, because that it, it really is, a my wind journal is kind of like a merge between what the two of you suggested, mm-hmm. which is make the point of what you're working on and then color it green when you've done so, because that way you can celebrate and it will keep you motivated moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And my, my, and like I said, it literally both of your goals were this merging of this thing that, that I believe in so much because you need to, and, and the focusing on the present also super important because you don't, you need to look for the future, but in a way that makes you happy, happy and excited. So there's not that anxiety. So you have what you're working towards and you can see that you're on the right path. So I love how one is very future present and future thinking. And the other is in the moment of what, what you're grateful Mm -hmm. for. And anxiety can feel very similar to excitement. So that can be a good reframe sometimes. Yeah. The the racing pulse, <laughs> the kind of nervous energy that you have. You can also think of that. I'm getting excited. My body's preparing me for whatever is going to happen next. Like go body. Yeah. Good job. Way to respond the way you need to respond so I can conquer this task. <laughs> so that's a helpful reframe sometimes too. I love that, Julie. That's actually something I share too. When I, I, I do a lot of I do a lot of training and, and I teach teams and people how to uh, improve their presentation skills um, uh, because that's a big part of what I do is is presentation so um, and that is a a big one that I talk about is is that reframe because yeah you're right it's like the feeling of anxiousness is identical to the feeling of like of excitement so to your point you know uh, Mm -hmm. so just reframing it okay did you rehearse your presentation you know if you're just winging it then good luck but if you actually rehearsed it and you're happy with it and you're you're ready to go, then then you should be excited about the transformation or the entertainment or whatever factor that you're going to give the audience. You should be excited for what they're going to receive as a result of seeing you present. And so it, it should be reframed as excitement. And if you're not excited about what you're doing, ask yourself why, you know, take mm-hmm. a step back at just sketch and say, okay, am I in alignment with this life that I want to live? It is the perfect time to reassess journal, make a plan, move forward in a way, doing things that make you happy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Ikigai is another good method too, by the way. I think Julie mentioned in Blue Zones about the Japanese, but uh, yeah, the Japanese actually have a method. If you look it up, it's called Ikigai. It's I-K-I-G-A-I. If you Google image search it, you'll find uh, Ikigai, which is kind of an outline of, of improving your life and finding your your passion and finding your where you should be headed and ultimately mm-hmm. be happier. Mm-hmm. I, I had, and this is back when I was doing solo shows, I did do an episode on Ikigai. So I will find that and put that in mm-hmm. the show notes as well. So if you go to thedebmethod.com slash blog, you will get a link to all of these goals, all of these resources and uh, highlights from this wonderful conversation. Uh, that's how you can find more about me. But friends, where can people learn more about you? Dave? Uh, DaveDelaney.me is where you'll find uh, links to my speaking information and my business and all that jazz. Uh, Why squirrels? If you are uh, a late diagnosed adult with ADHD and you want to learn more, um, head over there. Uh, The podcast is there and all the things. So, And the nice podcast, of course, uh, on the Marketing Podcast Network. I was just putting that link in there as well. Yes, absolutely. Because you meet cool people who have similar, you know, 
there we're we're two of how many podcasts that are on there, but they're all with the idea of motivating, but also giving you the skills and the information to improve your life, both personally and professionally. So, Julie, where can people learn more about you? Yeah, thanks, Deborah. Uh, EmpowerPossible.com is the website. I'm also on LinkedIn, Julie Zaruba Fountain on LinkedIn, and Facebook at EmpowerPossible, Instagram at EmpowerPossible, and Pinterest at EmpowerPossible. So I'd love to connect with people, hear your thoughts about the episode and thoughts about happiness and change in general. And I do put everybody's LinkedIn on the show notes as well. So if you connect Mm -hmm. with one or all of us, all the above, be sure to send a note, whether you met us through this as Gold Chat Live or the Deb Show podcast saying that you met us, you connected with us. You're so psyched to be happier. Let's all be friends. Um, and again, I'm at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can learn more about me at thedebmethod.com. What a fun, happy, but really informative and helpful conversation. Dave, Julie, do you have a final thought that you want to leave people with? Julie? I I. I do have a final thought. I would say if there's one thing that I'd want people to take away is that a happiness mindset, it's like a muscle. So you can lean into the power that you have, the things that you can control in your life and use it and develop that muscle. And just like lifting weights, each time you lift that weight, it's a little bit easier. So will cultivating that mindset. So I'm giving you permission right now. Here's your permission slip to lean into your power check into that happiness mindset and tell yourself, I can be optimistic. I can lean into my power and I can really start to transform my life. Because it starts with that decision, right? Mm -hmm. It is a choice. Dave, final thought? I would recommend that uh, everybody listening uh, go onto Google Flights or some other airline search, find a trip to Italy and go climb a hill. Okay. I have a go climb a hill. You don't have to go to Italy. Visualize. Are you talking about a visualization process, Dave, of in your mind, you're visualizing. No, he's telling people to travel. (laughs) No, travel. St. Augustine said the world is a book. And for those who haven't traveled, have only read one page. Mm. Um, but honestly, get out of Dodge. It is the most expensive part of travel, unless you're like some fancy pants. The most expensive part of travel is the flight. Once you get to where you're going, there's lots of ways to do things on the cheap. Um, I will give an example of this. When I I backpacked Italy for two months um, with my wife, then girlfriend, um, we brought a tent and we slept, we camped. Uh, we lived in the tent and, and we would stay at a backpacker hostel, which are great, or like a pensione or something like that, uh, you know, once or twice a week. And by the way, the campgrounds are gorgeous. They're swimming pools. One had a nightclub, which was bizarre. Um, but my point to all this, and I mean, this is many years ago, of course, but my point to this is um, don't let don't let fear or or the cost of things scare you from traveling 
Um, and honestly, like it will change your life. Um, it did me. I mean, I, you know, I had I not gone to Ireland, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have had my kids. I wouldn't live where I am. I wouldn't be talking to you lovely people right now. So, um, so that all came from, from traveling. So I really do encourage everybody to, uh, uh, go to Italy and walk up a walk up a hill. And I recommend, by the way, uh, Cinque Terre. There's a mighty nice hill there. All of, you know, it's that's a that's a good hill. Uh, so I would I would maybe start there. Almafi Coast. Okay, I've never had bonus homework be to travel to another country, but let's to keep it realistic adjacent. If you could travel to Italy, great. And travel out of your home, whatever baby steps you need to do. But to get out of your head, out of your comfort zone, realize that a happiness is a choice, a choice that you can make and take steps to have a happier, more fulfilled life. Thank you again, Dave Delaney, Julie Fountain, for joining me today. And thank you for tuning in, whether you're watching us or listening to us as the Deb Show podcast. Go on out there. Be happier. It's in your hands. Go on out there. Go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.